Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to Wild and Crazy Nights! The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. Put in another corner! We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogan. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Welcome to another edition of Hogan Johns as we get through these summer days and get closer and closer to training camp, which we were just accidentally counting down to and realizing how much closer it's getting to. Uh, but welcome in. We got a good show for you today. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. And joining us on this special July episode is our good friend, longtime podcast uh, listener, consumer, and guest. Most importantly, friend, though, Dion Miller from ABC7 is here. Hey, Dion. Hey, guys. Thanks for inviting me to the summer edition of Hogan Johns. I love that you do summer editions. Not a lot of people do, but... The appetite for our bears is there, so here we are. We keep it low-key, try to keep it fun, have good guests, look at the calendar, cross off days, get a little sad. Sad but excited because training camp is exciting, but as our summer, you know, it just goes so fast for for football writers and, you know, media people because it's, we lose in August. We don't have August as others do. Yeah, and I always feel like once we hit July 4th, you know that it's the training camp is coming. And then once we get through those first couple of days of camp, I mean, it might as well be the holidays. It goes so fast. I hate it. I mean, I, I love it, but I hate it. I don't know. It's exciting. I love when we get to cover the bears every day and it's like, you know what you're, you're, you're like entrenched with it. Right. And I feel like this year we're actually going to get to be a little bit more than we have in the past two years. And I'm excited about that and getting to know this team because you guys, I mean, throughout OTAs, I had to have that roster handy the entire time. I didn't know who half those guys were. Yeah, it's, it's been a challenge. It's yeah, like the yeah, biggest challenge. Sure. And I keep reminding myself to actually like study a little bit here before camp starts. So I'm not spending the first like five days trying to memorize <laughs> every number. Right. But what's the point of remembering the numbers? This is where I'm at. These guys aren't going to be on the team. They're not going to be on the team. <laughs> Some of these no, guys yeah, but John's the, the problem is there's number. There are pl- like I can't remember I know, Byron I know. Pringle's number. You know, like people who are going to be on the team. 83. Crap, I can't either. What no, is it? No, that was wrong. There's not wrong. 13. No, 13. 13. He's 13. 13. Yeah. Let's play yeah. this game. Hold on. Let's For play now. this game real quick. Want to play this game real quick? Well, no, we, don't. We were playing bear or not a bear. I was going to say, don't challenge me on bear or not a bear. I'm not ready. <laughs> I Valus Jones Jr. I hate a bear. 12. 12. Okay. Okay. Um, let's try this one. I do not have a roster in front of me, by the way. I don't either. Oh, I do. I do. Zachary Thomas, draft pick. Um, 
60. Nope. No, he was 74. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. All right, one more. One more rookie, Mr. Hogue. Braxton Jones. 72. 76. Nope. 78. Nope. 73. He's your starting Four. left tackle, is he not? No, 70. 70. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just start yelling out first. We'll nail it eventually. We'll eventually got it. Dion, do you take do you take time off this time of year too? Um, I did over the fourth. I went to a lovely family reunion, but I we have so much baseball in our house, right? My husband's coaching a team, my son is playing on a travel team, and it's just it's every weekend is baseball. Yeah. And so it's hard to get away until August, but you guys just said it by then the Bears are in training camp. So We've taken late preseason vacations, um, like right before school starts again. I don't know if this year it's going to happen. We went big on spring break for that same reason because we just didn't know if we were going to have time to take off. But I did just come off of a week off from the Mighty Seven. So that was nice to have some time with family and kind of rejuvenate a little bit. You have to recharge. You have, have to recharge. To. Have to. What's, Sorry, can, no I be, can I be honest? Whenever you travel with children, it's oh not God. a vacation. It's a <laughs> no. trip. <laughs> no. It's a trip. We took a trip and it was a lot of work. And I came home and was like, I'm exhausted. Like, I'm exhausted. I could not catch up. There's no relaxation going on, truly. I'm one of those dads who takes pride in his packing abilities in the car. Like That's multiple good. sets of golf clubs because yeah. I, have, I have three sons. So there's golf clubs coming, getting them in. Wow. Maybe a cooler full, full of food. Um, maybe one consolidating to one or two suitcases and getting things, you know, yes. situated, but also have enough room where the kids can sit comfortably. I take pride in that. I think a lot of men take yeah. pride in their packing abilities of automobiles at this time of year as road trips happen. Okay. I'm glad you brought this up. And Dion, you know, my wife. Yes. Um, I had to, we were, we were pat. She didn't like how I packed the car on her way up to Minnesota. And so she tried <laughs> to do it herself coming back and i was just like honey this is you just gotta let me do this i'm sorry <laughs> this is just one of the few things like you get 99 percent of the things but this is like the one percent where you just gotta let me do it because this i don't know it's something that the dads just are experts at i feel like is packing all the crap in the car which right, you bring everything out to the driveway yes next to the car yes. like, that's the key I'm you gotta put it all next this to the car in. first yes <laughs> And then it's Tetris from there. Yes. I was just going to say it's Tetris, but see, I enjoy it. And my husband knows to like get out of the way because oh. I am like, that. Oh, okay. okay. This way. I mean, I'm the same way when I, when I pack groceries, oh my gosh, if he's packing groceries at the store with me, I'm just like, can you just stop? Because it's chaos. It's chaos. I have an order and, and a thought. And I feel that way about packing the car. And I, truth be told, I drove the children over to Ohio by myself. And then he came and met us later. So it was on me to get it all in there properly. And I felt good about it. I needed a clean slate. Like you had to lay the back seat down and have all the space. But you're right. The key is to have it all in front of you so you know the shapes and sizes. And then and then put it in properly. Because there is a proper way. Absolutely. See, we're still at the stage where we have to get the damn stroller in. Oh, oh no, that that's a game changer. Yeah. It, and it that is. that was what the argument was over. You know, do you go upright, <laughs> this a horizontal, or just lay it down? I put a few bags down first and then I put the stroller over the top. Ooh. Over the top. Because the stroller is not even. No. You know what I mean? No, give it a flat surface on top of the things. I yeah. agree. It is magical when you reach that stage where because over over spring break, we went to Disney and we walked out, we just walked out of the hotel 
no strollers, no even bags. Like it was nothing. I had like a fanny pack. And I looked at my husband. I'm like, when did we reach this stage where they're just, there's nothing. It's so easy. It's a, it's a game changer. It's so awesome. It's coming. I promise. It's well, we got there. That's the problem. I mean, James turns eight next week. You started again. We got there and now we have to start all over. Well, that's your fault. I I don't think Dion knows this. Someone breaks the news tour. Are you starting over? Yeah. What? Starting one. I don't think Are that you you've kidding? announced that publicly. So yeah, you're breaking the news to a lot of people. Breaking news, yeah. John's kid number four due in December. Oh my gosh, bless you guys. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I mean, congratulations. It's crazy. also insane, it's but also it insane. is awesome. It is awesome. Guys, I would do it again in a heartbeat, but I am like full on a grandmother, so I just can't do it. But oh, you're not we're, a grandmother. We're, we're no, I literally exploring strollers guys. again here in the John's household. I can't believe that. Did you have any strollers left? Are you truly starting over with like? Oh, we have a bunch of friends that seem to have a bunch of baby stuff that are just dropping stuff off every single day. I got to get you that Brezza. Yes, that's yours. That's a game changer. You probably didn't have that for your first story. No, no, no. Even though that was at the Google that when you talked. What is it? It's like a a Keurig for formula. What? Yes. You know, like the whole process. So you, oh well, you know gosh. it. You know, they've got to get the right level of formula and then mix it and then get it to the right temperature. The damn machine does it for you in like three seconds. Maybe I will start over. <laughs> <laughs> it changes everything. I'm not kidding. I had two formula babies. Like I, that's, that is outrageous. Especially, yeah, I mean, the key that. is really why it's worth everything is, you know, the bottles in the middle of the night. Oh, when it's like 2 a.m. and you're like, come on. And then you just press one button and it's ready. That is magical. You can almost just sleepwalk your way through it. You don't even have to wake up. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Johns, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. How yeah. is she feeling? She's doing better. Yes. Good. Thank you. Yes. Good. Do we know? We don't know what it is yet. We're not going to find out. You're not going to find out? We're old school that way. No, no. We were the same way. So that's awesome. Yay. One of life's few few surprises. I will a few surprises that are always good, right? That's what I say too. I'm I'm going to like live vicariously because I really can't do another one, but I would. It's so wonderful. Okay. So. I, I tell everybody this. This is the point of the podcast where people are really tuning in. <laughs> I was just gonna say, how did we just do that? Let's reel it in. Reel it in, guys. But if I get a girl to have three sons, I'm gonna be the biggest softie there is. Yep. I told yep. people that last night. We'll we'll see. I I you know, the gray hairs are adding up, but well, let's be honest. It better be a girl. Otherwise, you're going to end up with five kids. Right. Oh. <laughs> More holes in my really? wall than I could stand. <laughs> All right. Oh um, All right. And then the, we have to throw out the, the podcast disclaimer, which is so just so everyone knows for the next like year... All scheduling, conflicts, any kind of thing, you know who to blame. Yep. Me, so, always. The guy with four kids. The guy with four kids. Yeah. yeah. The, the crabby uh, one. <laughs> Dion, what was your reaction to the uh, the news that came out that uh, they, they are going to talk about putting a dome on Soldier Field? Well, it's about what? When was the renovation? How many years too late is this even conversation? Yeah. But the bottom line is it doesn't... It, uh, just putting a dome on it doesn't change capacity. There's still the smallest stadium in the league or near it, right? Is it the smallest, right? It is the smallest, yeah. It is the yeah. smallest, yeah. So would it would it add seating to that? That's my first question. I and actually I, wonder it if it'll just, make it smaller. Right? It will feel smaller, I would think, to house it. I, 
it just feels too late, right? I mean, I just think it is a shame. I, I want the Bears to stay on the lakefront. I love everything about that, but they didn't think that through when they did the renovations that made it look like the spaceship it is. And they didn't think about the the impact it could have if it had a dome on it, even a retractable one, something that would allow them to still have their bear weather moments, but also allow them to host so many other things that would boost the economy of our city. And they didn't they didn't think that through. I was not around when that happened, but I, I just, was that even a discussion? Do you guys even remember? Did they think, oh, we should put a lid on this thing? Like, did anybody even talk about it then? No. Well, back then, what was the story? One of the McCaskies got fired and Ted Phillips got the job because they got to get the stadium deal wow. done, right? Like it's Right. For, for me, it felt like almost too late in the current process. In the current process. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, you should have done it years ago, but also like right now, like, okay, there's, well, look at it. It was it's already 13 months since the Bears put out that statement saying, yes, "Hey, right. we're gonna buy this land," and so this is just coming out a year later. I mean, one, I think it shows you too, like how slow this process is gonna be. Totally, r- regardless. Totally. But for the like, it took 13 months to even get like a discussion going about how to save Soldier Field. I'm sure some of the stuff's been going on behind the scenes, but. Um, I don't know. It, I, I think my gut feeling on this is this is more political than anything else because the city, if they're going to lose the Bears, has to make it look like they still gave a good offer yeah. and the Bears Correct. were the ones that left. Mm-hmm. And I don't, honestly, I don't know how they're going to even be able to do that. I believe there's an election coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. They're throwing a lot of things at the wall. I don't, I don't know how they would do it either. But I just, it makes me sad because there is such a, there's such a history around Soldier Field. And to think that the bears aren't there, then, then what is it used for? Like what, it, it's just, it feels like. Kenny um, Chesney oh, concerts. Right, right. Is that what it really is going to be used for? And like the occasional fire game with 4,000 people there. Like, it's just yeah. sad. It makes me sad. And you know that the bears deserve better than what that place is and whether they're winning or not they do they deserve a better stage than that and I I would think the McCaskies believe that too so I it just feels like like yawn this is just talk I don't know that it's going to be anything that becomes reality the Bears in my opinion especially those in ownership are are still very much drawn to Chicago yeah Chicago like the Bears want land Mm -hmm. lots of land they don't own their own stadium, so all of this Soldier Field talk, dome talk, whatever, the Bears want their own place, and they need land to build it. I don't know if Chicago has a piece of property that isn't already being developed that the Bears can get, especially in the sheer size of acreage that Arlington has. They're looking for. Right, right. I also think, like, if you just factor in... Wasn't the price tag on Arlington like one twenty five, one hundred twenty five million? I mean, is that what it was for the? Look that up real quick, John. I'm pretty sure it's whatever it is that whatever the number is. It's a lot. It's not the yeah. type of money that the McCaskies just go. Oh, let's just buy up this land because it's something right. about you know what I mean. Like that's not them. They're no. they're. Um, you know, if this was Stan Kroenke or or. Jerry Jones or something like, yeah, they mm-hmm. do these other business things outside of football all the time. The, the bears, that's what the, the McCaskies do are the bears. So they're yeah. not, 
they're not just to me they're not just if the closing now the thing is the closing hasn't happened yet and i guess technically right. closings can can fall through but if they get to the point where the land is closed i just don't see any scenario in which they're like oh, no, we are going to stay at soldier field and you know this is going to be a separate business or we're just going to flip this land or something like it's too much money for a it's move like money. that for this family 197.2 million dollars for wow. <clears throat> 326 acres at Arlington Heights. That's Arlington. like, it's like yeah. a little, that's basically what they spent on the Soldier Field renovation, I feel like. Yeah, granted, it? it was 20 years ago, but wow, that's my point. Like, they're just, they're spending Maybe? this much money just on land to get the ball rolling. That's a heck of a bluff that yeah. isn't really something that I see the McCaskies doing. I, that's why I'm taking it incredibly serious. I, I am too, because it's it's stunning to me that over the hundred years that they've owned this team, that they never thought we should own the stadium too. Like that, that's stunning to me that that wasn't like, hey, why why don't we get to call the shots on our own field? Like, I just is so weird that that would think I would think that's the first thing that they would have wanted decades ago, right? So I don't think I don't think they they are what I know of that family and the way that they choose to spend money. I don't see them investing in something that big to bluff either. I don't I think it is real and I think they recognize the importance of it for a giant fan base that frankly would support it, I think. I don't think people are going to be mad if they leave Soldier Field. Now, does that mean that the NFL would want to put a team in Chicago proper like a an AFC team or something crazy? No, no. Bring, bring back the Cardinals. I mean, is it that far fetched that they wouldn't want two teams in their third biggest market? No, I don't think that's that far fetched. But I feel like at this point, any team making a move, um, like if you just look at, I mean, I guess you do have the Chargers situation where they are paying rent to the Rams and they don't own their yeah. own stadium, but. I mean, I guess it could happen. I, I, yeah. I, the, the, the thing is, is I still feel like Soldier Field needs a dome, like regardless, it's, regardless. Yeah, it, like right. so. This is the silly part to me, is so the city might finally realize. And there was a uh, a really good timeline done by the Chicago Tribune of all the times the Bears have like threatened to leave Soldier Field, or because this okay. is not new. They've Basically, right. since they started playing there in 1970, they've been trying to get out of it or improve it. <laughs> oh my um, God. But in 1982, it was the the head of the Chicago Park District said, we need a dome on here because imagine if we could have events here you know, all year wow. round. I'm paraphrasing the quote. And, and think about how much money that would bring. And it's like, okay, so they knew that 1982 and it still didn't get done. That's and outrageous. The thing is, is like, so if the city can benefit from there being a dome at Soldier Field, but then the Bears don't own it. So they're still right. in their in their mind, really both sides should want it. Yeah. But it's who benefits. So right. I, I just feel like regardless, Soldier Field, if they're going to keep that venue um, going, even if the Bears leave, they should put a dome on it. Right. The timing of of them discussing this is interesting too, John. It's like what you mentioned, it is a political year. It is that stuff is everywhere. So I think there has to be some aspect of that there, because no doubt over the last year, 
that that the mayor has heard a lot of flack about not at least making a strong effort to keep the bears in Chicago. Um, but I, I honestly think like if they had a state of the art place that they want to build, it doesn't, I mean, I, people will come like, it's not that big. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I really don't. I don't, I hate when people are like, Oh, the Arlington Heights bears. Are you guys crazy? No, it'll always be the Chicago bears. Like it's just, I hate that argument, right? It doesn't matter that they're not in the city. It will still be called the Chicago bears end of story. So like, I think that if they make it such a wonderful fan experience, it's going to really, everybody will get over all of that nonsense that they're all up in arms about now. Yeah. To the political point, no one wants to be the mayor who loses the Chicago bears. Correct. At the same time, that piece of property at Arlington is so massive the Bears can build a stadium, a hotel, a museum, which George McCaskey would surely love, maybe a little casino, and still keep the racetrack. That's how wow. big That's that insane. property is. Think of the the potential for, yeah. just for the McCaskey family. Like we talked about their business just being football, yeah. but to change their business all together with different revenue streams, and you know they would probably sell some of that, get a cut of some different revenue sources. It would just be a game changer for them, the team, in so many ways. That's how big that piece of property is. And as slow as the process is going, maybe by the time they got that built, the team would actually be competitive. (laughs) Maybe. Speaking of which. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, and works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed Internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So, uh, if we were, if we had played a bear or not a bear like an hour ago, and someone had said David Moore, I would have been like, not a bear. I got nothing. Yeah, not a bear. Not a bear. But he is a bear, and he got arrested. Was he at OTAs? Like, did I miss that? Um, I didn't notice him there. I didn't either. Let's let's just play guess his number. (laughs) Guess David Moore's number. Guess David Moore's number. Eighty. Uh, 82. Yeah, one of those numbers, right? 80-something. 18. 18. 18. Uh, did not know he was on the team until this morning. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm kidding yeah. a little bit, but there's so many new receivers. I don't think I marked down his name once no. during OTAs, uh, the open practices. I did not include him in any of our roster projections. So, sure, it doesn't look good for Ryan Pulse to sign a guy. No. Uh, who got arrested. This is not the first arrest. No. Of a player who was, who was just signed by Ryan Pohl. So that doesn't look good, but. Isn't that the third? It's the third. Third, yes. And they're all players who was who were signed this offseason. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. It's, it's very interesting. I'm trying to get a vibe for what kind of group he's trying to build and what kind of tone he's trying to set. And I just can't get it yet. What do you guys think? Well. Well, first of all, here's the details on the arrest. This is coming oh, yeah. from KXII in Gainesville, Texas. It says NFL player David Moore was arrested in his hometown of Gainesville, Texas on Monday. Online jail records show he was arrested on drug and weapon charges July 4th. Uh, he signed a one-year contract with the Bears in April. Played for the Seahawks from 2017 to 2020, which when I remember that, it jogged my memory. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that David Moore. I remember him. Um, but only played in a total of three games last year with the Broncos and Packers. So, And there's not much more information than that right now. But, um, you, you know, to your question, Dion. I, I we've talked about this before on the podcast. Like I feel like the last regime did not take enough risks. Sometimes, like I feel like characters definitely has to be important. But the yes. reality is, if you're gonna not take any risks, you're definitely gonna miss out on talent at the same time. And I don't know if the Ray McDonald incident at the start of the yeah. pace era, you know, spooked spooked him to the point where you know just. No red flags allowed at all. Right. Um, so I don't. I am. I am okay with Ryan Poles taking more risks. And the and the reality is, like the players who've been arrested, Byron Pringle was the biggest. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in the in the Matt, Matt Adams might be a your starting strong side linebacker, right? Yeah, but he's really is. I, I guess my point is like they're not taking risks on. Guys with big contracts. I got you. These were yeah. all one-year deals, right? Right. Right. The, all of them were one. Right? Matt Adams was a one-year deal too. Yes. Mm-hmm. And even Byron Pringle, as much stockers were all putting in him being a big part of the offense, it was a one-year, five million-dollar deal. So yeah. these aren't 
huge risks. I think they're calculated risks. I don't think it's a good look when you have three players rested before the season even starts. Yeah, it's not. But these aren't guys that you're, you know, handing out massive contracts to. I, I think it's worth pointing out where Ryan Poles is coming from. Kansas City, regardless of GM, this goes back to like John Dorsey, who is one of Ryan Poles' mentors. He worked for John Dorsey. They've always been more willing to take risks on character guys, even in the draft, mm-hmm. where, like you mentioned, like Ryan Pace, no thank you. He take risks more. Tyreek on Hill guys. is the biggest one. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, and there's they have success stories for giving uh-huh. players second chances. Like Andy Reid believes in giving players second chances, sometimes third chances. That's just an Andy mm-hmm. Reid philosophy. That's where Ryan Poles came from. Yeah, I don't think he'll be afraid to, to to do that in the draft or in free agency. Now, yes, one year deals, but it's where he came from. Those organizations, or that organization specifically, has a history of of doing it. That's a really good point. I also I, I think about Bill Belichick. I feel like he's the same way in some capacities. Has given a lot of second chances to guys that you're kind of like, really, you're going to let them come into the almighty New England? And he did. And there were some success stories there, and obviously some grave failures. But I think that it, it, you're right about these like minor risks. I guess you'd call them like the smaller risk. It just says a lot about recognizing where his team is at right now. It's not worth these like grand glorious investments because we still have so much room to grow and build. And it, it says a lot about where they're at. I, I like that Paul seems to have legitimately zero emotion attached to those moves like that, like zero emotion to who he's signing or, or firing or cutting or whatever. I, I like that because it, it, when you get emotionally attached, then you can't let go of those guys that aren't helping the team. I remember when you're at the draft, I think it was, my gosh, I'm, I lost two years during COVID, but I don't remember what year it was. But, you know, I remember someone asking Pace about the fact that how hard is it to recognize that you built this roster that isn't working and how how hard it is to just say, like, it's a reflection on you, right? Like, clearly it is that it's a reflection on his ability to draft and build this team that it's not working. And he said, yeah, it's really hard. You get emotionally attached. I like seeing that polls isn't that way, at least so far. I think that that's more helpful to success on the field at this point for what the Bears need. That is a great transition to our next subject, because one of the most, I would say, newsworthy things in the past week for the Bears was the firing of Lamar Sue Campbell. Yeah. Everyone got to know him a bit more because he was on George McCaskey's hiring committee, which resulted in Ryan Poles, who fired him, but also coach Matt Eberflus. So I, I'm just curious your thoughts on that, both both of you. Well, I'll start, uh, Deanna. I, yeah, this one, um, it didn't completely catch me off guard, but I think it also, like if we're going to, I think it's, it's, it's part of the Ryan Poles discussion here because I think the analysis and criticism of how it was done was completely fair um, to fire someone when they're on vacation with their family yeah. is just kind of a, regardless of what business you're in, sort of a weird thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and my understanding of the situation is that it wasn't completely a, a shocking firing and something that probably had been decided. It wasn't an impulsive thing. 
It wasn't based on any specific incident that happened. And it could have been done weeks ago before Soup was going on vacation with his family. Um, so I, 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 I don't think that's the biggest deal in the world, but I think it's part of the discussion. When you start to talk about, I don't know, a list of small things that have added up this offseason, mm-hmm. whether it's the Larry Ogunjobi uh, signing falling through, which polls, to his credit, admitted probably cost them some opportunities at other free agents that week. I appreciated his honesty with that. Um, Then you have three small arrests of players that I don't know how much you're going to factor in this season anyway, but two of them probably are are on the roster and contributors. And then it's just small things like this. Um, And then meanwhile, on the flip side, I think he did an amazing job during the draft. So uh, you got to put the whole the whole picture in there, but. Getting back to the soup firing, I think this was more of a philosophical uh, difference and a desire of Ryan Poles to continually clean out from the previous regime. And soup was a hiring from the pace era. I It's interesting because the most interesting part is he was on the hiring committee. Right. And played a role in bringing Ryan Poles here. And that side of it is just kind of unfortunate i think and it also raises a question too um why didn't george or ted step up to keep him but i actually asked around on that question and the answer i got was well they said and they have said that when they hire the gm the gm has the full power and oversees the entire operation so this is, while unfortunate, at least some evidence that shows they're not meddling in that, that when they hire the GM and they say, Ryan Poles, this is your operation, it's, it's his say. If he wants to fire soup, he fired soup, and that's what happened. I, I keep thinking, like, I, I want to ask the question when we get to talk to Ryan Poles at, when training camp starts. Like, I want to ask about it, but I also agree with you. It's not going to be some sort of a headline story. I just think it helps to get to know the GM a little bit more and, like, where he's coming from and what what his thoughts were about the kind of the, the kind of people he wants around him. And if it is a philosophical difference, then then that's still, like, at least noteworthy, right? Like, it just it is weird, though, that he was – that soup was in those meetings and in those interviews and helped to put together polls and Eberflus. And then he's the one that gets fired. I, I, I agree though, if George liked him so much and it does show that he's not going to try and put his nose in there and say, okay, no, no, I want you to keep him. And you have to listen to what I say. Cause I'm the owner and kind of letting polls be the GM, like allowing him to do that. I'm not sure that that's always been the case in the past. So I guess that is a positive step, I guess. It just seemed weird. The timing was weird. And the fact that he was, part of the bringing polls here was also made it more of and raised more of a like, what's going on there? That's, that's the only thing I can say. It, to me, it, it emboldened what I always like. It was George McCaskey's decision at the end of the day to hire Ryan polls, mm-hmm. regardless of this committee that he formed, even with Bill Polian's advice, which was paramount. George McCaskey, at the end of the day, made the decision to hire Ryan Poles. Went and picked them up from the airport. He liked them that much. He was his guy. And then, like he gave, he's given, he gave Ryan Pace this autonomy. You do whatever you want, fire whomever you want. Mm-hmm. It's your show. And Ryan Pace's case: build this brand new facility. Do whatever you want. You know, we'll give you the money. You know, 
but then see you yeah. later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. It, it does raise an eyebrow because he was part of yeah. the, the hiring committee. The timing is bad, but there's no really good time to hire or fire somebody, right? It's just... Right. Well, and also, I think it's important to point out kind of what that job was, because I'm not sure... Uh, to, to your point, Johns, I think you said earlier, I, I don't know how many fans would even know who Soup was if he hadn't been put right. on the hiring committee to begin with. He's someone we knew about, because you see him at practice, you see him around the building. Back when we could actually move around House Hall, we'd walk by yeah. his office every single day. Yep. Um, but his job as vice president of engagement, which he had actually been elevated. What does that uh, mean? Well, so, you know, essentially what his job started with, and I think more things have been added on since, but he's kind of the liaison between the, the players and management. Okay. You know, so if they have issues, they can come to him. I mean, there's much smaller things like when you sign a player, he's kind of the guy involved in making sure they have housing, making sure they okay. have, you know, temporary hotel accommodations, making sure their family's taken care of. Um, but in that role, he quickly becomes like a friend and somebody that the players yeah. trust. And then he's kind of in the middle where if any issues come up, you know, the front office trusts him, the players trust him, and you can kind of be that person that resolves some of those conflicts. So, Unfortunately, that can't just be a one-way trust to the players. You know, if right. he, you know, if that wasn't if that trust wasn't there to the GM, and I don't know that it's again because of any specific thing. Like sometimes people just don't gel, and the timing's weird. Right. Um, and and so I think that that's probably more of the issue there. But um, the timing is weird. It <laughs> it's like yeah, to yeah. wait to now because also a lot of these jobs across the league have been filled at this point. That's not right. It, it, this seems like a move that could have been made much, much earlier. Right. Well, now I, I'm I, intrigued to see who he would put in that role now. Like I, now I'm interested to see like who in his little circle that he maybe wanted in that position. Yeah. You almost wonder if that person emerged recently and that's what yeah. sped up yeah. this process. To, that's to why it happened when it resulted did. in the bad timing. I, I was told this. If you're not on board with what Eberflus and Poles are doing, it's almost like get out of the way. Wow. They, they got this okay. course, this philosophy, the this plan that they believe in, this culture they want to build, certain players they want to target, coaches, what have okay. you, the, the people around their players, have you. And if you're not on board, get out of the way or you're going to get out of the building. So something to think yeah, I'll about. be honest, guys. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I, I kind of like that approach. Like, no, I, 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 they know what they want. They know what they want it to look like. And if you can't get on board with them, like they don't have time to address your issues with it. So yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. And, and I don't think it's like, like the criticism will be here. What you can't have dissent. You can't have differing opinions. No, yeah. I still think you can, but if there's that concern that that differing opinion is going to be, Result in conflict, like unnecessary conflict, then yeah. you have a problem. I'm not saying this yeah. is 100% the case here, but that is my understanding of, of the way they're they're going with this. Get on board or not. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I agree that that's, that's, you know, when you're going to hire this guy and give him the power to be, you know, in charge of everything, that's probably how you want things run. But I'll also just say, yeah. we've seen this before, and they better win football games. Yeah. Please. Please. And <laughs> they please win football games. Like that's literally all this stuff that I love the off season. Cause we can chat about all these things, but 
gosh, they 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 need to win some games. Yeah. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen. Know if that's gonna happen. Don't ask me my prediction. It's so dire right now. I, I, why am I so salty? It's July. Why am I salty about the Bears? Help me, boys. I don't know. Everybody's so down on them. I, I, I tend to be in the camp of where I think they're going to surprise some people. Again, not in like any type of playoff appearance, but right. just I think they're going to be tough outs. Like almost, I don't see them getting, I don't see them going through those games we saw a lot in the last couple of years where even if the scoreboard's not a blowout, you just kind of knew by the middle of the second quarter that they weren't really in it. I think there's going to be a lot of games that go down into the fourth quarter, win or lose. Okay. See, no, I don't, I'm not mad at that. I would be okay watching games where they were at least competitive into the fourth quarter. If they're going to lose, like make it entertaining along the way. I just, I, I don't know if I can stomach a lot of blowouts and, and Justin Fields on the ground a lot and not having time to develop any sort of play or offense. Like, I just don't want to see any more of that. I'm exhausted by that monologue that, that has just accompanied them the last few years. I'm just, I'm ready to see them put together something positive. I just don't see it yet. I'm hoping that as training camp gets going, we see some, we see something like that, that gives us some kind of hope that it'll be better i mean i'm at to the point where <laughs> i don't know that they're going to win more than four games so anything more than that would be a pleasant surprise to me i know i'm so negative why did i become dion downer when did that Ooh. happen help me guys <laughs> i don't know must uh, must be all that travel baseball i don't know Just so, <laughs> well so. i know right and we've had a rough season so maybe that's why it well, i want it. them to be good it's always better when the bears are winning always always i just want to see justin fields play well and look yeah comfortable in, in an offense functioning in an offense where he doesn't look overwhelmed yeah and i think this coaching staff is trying their best to produce an offense that does that for him it may look simplistic at times but it's from a coaching tree coaching philosophy that has worked with various quarterbacks that are less skilled than justin Fields. so that's if I have any optimism, I think it's growing for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's, maybe it's because it's summer and I'm drinking Modelo's every single night after baseball. Nice. <laughs> but they, like, if he plays well, if he has success, hits some deep balls, isn't getting sacked nine times by the Cleveland Browns, please. then he can feel good about what's, what's being built. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen overnight. There's going to be some bad games, some bad quarters for him. But if you see him play some efficient football, and use those natural gifts that he has, I'd be happy with that, even if it amounts to a five-win season. That's how I'm judging the Bears this year. I don't want to get to the end of his second season and still not know if he's the quarterback that they need. Yeah. I'd like to find see some proof this year that he is that they, he was properly drafted and has the ability to be a franchise quarterback that they desperately need. I would like to see that coming. I would like to see it come. I don't want to feel the same way we do now about after the first year of like, mm, well, I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. I don't want to feel that way after this season. Yeah, I'm not saying he needs to do what Justin Herbert did not, did last year, but you know, you want it to be a consensus yeah. nationally that the guy has arrived. You don't mm-hmm. want it to be sort of this. Oh yeah, it was a you know a solid year. He took some strides, but you know, you don't want it to be like in that Baker Mayfield territory where you know eventually they had to move on poor baker mayfield traded for one conditional pick that's really sad 
I love the trade comparisons. Like they, the Panthers technically gave up more to move up to draft Matt Corral. Wow. Than they did to to uh, to acquire Baker Mayfield. It's unbelievable. And then I saw another one. Remember, remember the uh, Kari Vedvik, the kicker. Um, yeah. Like hype a couple years ago in the preseason. Oh, so annoying. Uh, the Vikings yeah. traded more for him than the Panthers did for Baker freaking Mayfield. And Kari Vedvik ended up sucking. Yeah. But part <laughs> of that's terrible. Like, in, in Baker's defense, part of that's just on the Browns, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. Don't even, you guys, my childhood team, let's not even go there. Okay. Like, I'm having such a hard time with them right now. And now the million dollar question is they don't, they don't have a quarterback. Like in essence, because we know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. I, we would hope anyway that there's some ramification and punishment there. Like I just have a hard time even admitting that I'm a Browns fan. But what a disaster. What a disaster. And did you notice that the Panthers like odds to win the Super Bowl or whatever went down when they got Baker? <laughs> like they, they got worse. Like how is that even possible? Yeah. How do you think Sam Darnold feels? I know, right? That, that is just... I still think Chicago is a bit scarred from the, the Trubisky experience, but that's just the nature of quarterback drafting, isn't it? It like, is. Like the, the Panthers now own, now have the, the first and third overall picks from that draft class. Yep. The, the two quarterbacks on their roster. Just, just think about yeah. how crazy that is and how wrong the Jets were, how right at one point the Browns looked and now. He's right. on the Panthers. Uh, Baker Mayfield is. It's just, it's wild. It's wild. It's wild. I still think the Browns have just completely overreacted, though. Like Baker led them to the playoffs two years ago, and they, and I and I'm not saying he was great, but no, he was good enough that you didn't need to risk everything for a guy that comes with all the baggage. Right. The massive contract, the guaranteed money you gave him, with no guarantee that even when he does come back, whenever that is from the suspension that Deshaun Watson is going to have to to serve, he hasn't played football in two years. Basically, it's so insane. And here's what I will say about Baker Mayfield: I was skeptical when they drafted him, but give him credit for being all in on Cleveland. It's Cleveland. And he was so in, he's doing commercials. He, he was so in to lead that team. And they were just like, mm, all right, thanks for your time. Let's bring in this disaster that can't like with so much baggage, we can't even see over the top of him. Like it's crazy. And, and they decide to say, well, Baker, thanks for your time. Like how hurtful. That's so unbelievable to me. Like I can't. And as, as someone who like watched Baker kind of give them life, in so many ways and be a vocal leader and be out there in the community and all the things. So in to be a Brown and they just threw it away for, for what they're not going to, they have nobody right now. If Deshaun Watson is truly suspended for a full year or indefinitely or whatever happens, like you're right. Who's there's no guarantee. He's going to be even half of what he was before. There's no guarantee. It's just, that was such a crazy bad move. And yet so Typical Cleveland Browns. Well, that overreaction that starts with ownership, does it not? I know it does. It yeah. does. Yeah, it does. By the way, they did sign Jacoby Brissett this offseason, so no. that's probably of all the quarterback moves they've made, that's probably their best one. Yeah, because at least they have a guy who's been a backup before and won some games. Yeah, but is always destined to be a backup. So always, yes, properly cast. As a you know, can he get you through a six-game suspension? Probably. 
but I don't think anybody in the right mind is thinking that's only going to be a six game suspension. I mean, it, it might be the, be the whole season. season. It yeah. better be the whole season. I, so it's just, it's just no. crazy. It is. Uh, it's insane. Dion, we love you. Oh, thank you guys you, are the best. Thank you for jumping on again. Thanks for letting me hang out. We appreciate it. Uh, make, make sure you are following all of Dion's coverage on ABC seven. And I don't, which is your Twitter account? Just at Dion Miller. It's, D Miller, ABC seven, D Miller, ABC seven. So make sure you're following her on Twitter as we do. I just don't memorize everybody's Twitter handles. So I, apologize. no, I don't either, but thank you guys. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns, uh, subscribe to the athletic, the athletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel where you could be watching interviews like this one. Uh, and hit that like button while you're there as well. Please rate and review the pod. Uh, let's see what I'm losing track of weeks now. I don't know if we're going to have it. Are we going to do an episode? We should probably do an episode next week because I'm off the week after that, John, yeah. as we produce this right here on the show. I like one that. More ep- <laughs> one more episode, then a break, and then we're at it. There we it's go. Camp. That's how, you, that's how you figure out the calendar on the fly. <laughs> Dion, we'll see you soon, I'm sure. Uh, otherwise, we'll talk to everyone else next week. Thanks, guys. See ya. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.